Hello and welcome to Fair Game, the podcast with a firm focus on Irish sportswomen. I'm Emily Glenn. And I'm Shauna Cook. Before we get into this episode, we have a big ask this week. We'd be forever grateful if you could subscribe, rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. It's not just something you hear podcasters say, it really helps us spread the word about Fair Game. And if this is your first episode of Fair Game, you'll find a full archive of episodes too on iTunes, Android, Stitcher and Spotify. Sharing episode links on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram really helps us spread the word too. So if you think they'll like it, pass this episode on to friends, family and your clubmates. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram too. We're at Fair Gamecast. So joining us in the Fair Game hot seat this evening is a woman who has represented Ireland in both football and cricket. She became the first woman in 38 years to stand as an umpire in a men's grade cricket match in South Australia. She's also the eighth woman to be appointed to the International Cricket Council's Development Panel of Umpires and most recently was one of the six players to earn a central contract contract even from Cricket Ireland. A very fun fact about this legend of Irish sport, every club she's played at, at senior level in Ireland has won in All-Ireland. UCD, St Francis, St Catherine's, Rohini, United and Shelburne Football Club. So obviously we are very excited for this guest to spill all our secrets. Mary Waldron, you're very welcome to Fair Game. Thanks for having me. So Mary, it's been a whirlwind few weeks. You've returned from Australia, the Super Trees started back. You've got back involved with the national squad, umpiring, taking up your duties players association and you also signed a central contract but let's start with yesterday the first in the t20 series against the west indies which was played in ymca cricket club in dublin how'd the game go for you um yeah it was a, a tough start for us we always knew it was going to be tough the west indies are a top t20 side in the world i think they're ranked fourth at the minute but they've won recent world cups and made semi-finals um overall obviously a disappointing result but uh, um at the minute for us we have a bit of a change of guard and it's all about the process and, and a lot of players tried a lot of things yesterday which was really positive for us so we're playing them again tomorrow and the next day so just keep taking those positives forward and hopefully we get we get one win out of three anyway was there any um did you feel any pressure you know after kind of the announcement of the central contracts or was it just kind of go out and and enjoy um yeah i didn't actually feel a lot more pressure um from the central contracts it was more that i'm a senior player really like you know you have to just take obviously the contracts are a bonus but we still would feel pressure to win games regardless of those um in a weird way the contracts have meant I think less pressure, even in club cricket and mm-hmm. stuff like that, because we get more opportunity to play more. It's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a weird one, but um, no, no, no extra pressure as yet. Mary, we're gonna start at the very start with you. Now you've had quite a couple of careers, so take us back to the very beginning. You started off playing football when you were a wee nipper. You were about eleven. Did yeah. you play for a local club, or were you just kicking the ball around? back garden um no i played for a local club um for house united um i grew up in born abrina so it was my my local club um i did used to play football in the garden though with my brothers and sisters and my neighbors which is a, a weird one because none of my fam i'm one of i'm a child of six and i'm the youngest and none of my siblings played soccer so it was kind of weird that i did i don't know you got what that, like, i don't know what sparked the interest but yeah. younger sibling thing where you, you had a like grudge um, point to proof not really oh, we're, we actually get on really well as a fan we were really strange oh, so I, I don't know where it came from but what, yeah what did the other ones play um, mainly Gaelic and rugby and my sisters played a bit of camogie and hockey yeah excellent mm. and after uh, Fairhouse he moved on to James's Gate and you also played international football under 16s 70s and 19s for Ireland you also captained those teams what was you know your most memorable moment uh, as a, an international footballer 
Well, there's a good few actually. Um, we it's we- yeah, it's weird when when you look back and you've played underage yourself and you have such a close bond with those teams. Yeah. Um, but there was definitely like I scored a last minute winner against Austria. I remember in one of the under eighteen competitions, and then we had a game again against Yugoslavia, and we saved um, a penalty in the last minute, and then. In the last last minute, we scored a winning header, and that those kind of moments are unbelievable. Yeah. And you've got such a close bond with those players, especially because people come up from the country and stuff. And you you hang yeah. out all weekend for pretty much a year, and before going to those tournaments. Yeah, it's crazy. Like now, there's so many young players that kind of like wish those years away. Like they get to 16, the amount of players I speak to that want to just play senior football, and the amount of times you're kind of saying to them like, you know, just stay underage for as long as you can, and just make the most of it because kind of when you get to senior it just becomes more business and underage you know I was talking to, to two of the girls from under 19 Sue Byrne and Sarah Lawler um, Twitter the other day and we were just reminiscing about you know the fun around the hotel the the laugh the just the, even the enjoyment of the pitches and I think that's really important to yeah I think so and actually sorry Sue Byrne scored one of those headers as well yeah. in the winner yeah. <laughs> but um yeah it is different and and it, it is business, but I guess at that a lot more money's pumped in. There's a lot more yeah. focus and a lot more at stake. So actually, yeah, enjoy those years while you have it. But it's easier said than done. You know, hindsight is wonderful and being an adult is great. <laughs> said no one ever. Like, that's not true. <laughs> um, you caught the attention of a, a university in the US and you took a scholarship. So you left UCD, you headed over to New Haven in Connecticut. Yep. Uh, was that something you always wanted to do or was it just kind of look at the draw? opportunity um, came up for you yeah it was something that I always thought about doing because um, obviously being a teenager playing soccer it's always an opportunity um, you don't have to be a brilliant soccer player in Ireland to go on a scholarship um, I think I was going to go somewhere in the Rockies for a while and then I got a scholarship to UCD and I was like educational system here is pretty good so I'll stick with my degree here and then um, Selena Moylan was in New Haven and, Fa- and Fa- yeah, and Fawns as well. Um, two Irish girls out in New Haven, and they actually had a Swedish girl lined up to go out, but she tore ACL, so they needed somebody who could be a transfer ASAP. So, I think the coach might have rang in July, um, and then I was over in August. It all happened a bit quickly, um, but yeah. But I have to say thank you to my sister because I actually went away to Croatia with UCD for European Championships, and my sister did all the administration for me for two weeks while I was away. Nice. So yeah, yeah, good for myself. Nice little PA. Yeah, she's yeah. great to be fair. So it happens when you become an international footballer. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, going over to the US, you know the the facilities over there, really the the stuff of dreams. Was it a bit of a shock to the system for you? And uh, what was it like kind of playing at the different that different level and training every day? Um, to be honest, it wasn't a massive shock to the system. It's something I love training. Um, I'm saying most of my teammates now know that. Um, it was good having some Irish people there to kind of bounce off and stuff. But with UCD, um, we had a great structure and um, really good setup in UCD as well, facilities and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was used to kind of that tough training environment um, and it was just a, a natural step really in the US. And was, was Larry, Larry Mann, was he yeah. your coach before? Yeah, before, to the US before and, and after. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Larry was brilliant. I have to say he um we didn't have the best of, of squads in UCD at the time, but he got mm. the best out of every player and we trained unbelievably yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's important to note that like at that that era was probably a time when UCD dominated women's football in Ireland. Yeah. It was Yeah. Well you did a pretty good team, Maz. Sylvia. Yeah, but it wasn't like I mean in Sharon. terms of like say the Shells team that I went back and played, like uh, you know, on paper yeah. and their skill set is amazing, but we had the work ethic in UCD at that time to 
like we'd, we'd try different formations against different teams because that was what we were planning for in Europe mm-hmm. um, so just the preparation and Larry was always a step ahead he was he was brilliant when you came back from the States you signed back with UCD um, and it was around that time that you discovered cricket um, how does a girl from Barnabrina end up at a cricket session <laughs> well um, my good friend Cathy Murphy I'm sure um, lots of people know she plays for Belleville and plays cricket and stuff like that but me and Cathy played soccer together in UCD um, she grew up in South Africa she's Irish but she went to, um, went to boarding school here um, but yeah she loved cricket and we were friends and so went to watch a couple of games and kind of just slowly got into it I do I, when, the first night I went down training though she made me train with the second team I was highly offended <laughs> Do you not know who I am? I'm an international yeah, athlete. Yeah, I know, but I was just like, I've got hand-eye coordination. I can do this. Um, but yeah, that's how I just, it was literally because like we played soccer together and she just loved cricket and got into it that way. So, But it's addictive. It's a really addictive sport. It looks easier than it is. No, it doesn't. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> um, you definitely are the official busiest sportswoman to come a fair game. There was one period when you were balancing football, hockey and cricket and, and I know the other day you told me that when you when you dropped football you took up rugby for a little while. Um why cricket? Why did you choose to kind of continue with cricket? Yeah, I just I just really fell in love with cricket. It's really hard to explain. Um because I I like I love playing sport and I've got really good friends from all the sports I've played but just I guess the opportunity to go to World Cups I've played in three World Cups now and that was always a goal of mine um, in life I just thought it would be with football not not cricket but um, yeah and I like I'm I'm a wicket keeper as well and I'm supporting part of the cricket team so yeah, yeah I, I don't know I just yeah Is there a standout moment whereby you thought I'm actually pretty good at this cricket lark do you remember that or um, not really it's uh, like no <laughs> I, I think it, you're it, still winging it, it. <laughs> yeah yeah <still>. am I <laughs> still any good at this Mary's one of those athletes that could take up anything and she would be good at you know those annoying athletes that just <laughs> yeah take no up. we've put 40 episodes <laughs> I'm aware of those yeah, annoying yeah, athletes yeah. <laughs> lots of yeah, lots of women uh, um, sports people I'm sure guys are as well but they just become professional earlier than than so we get more chance to play more sports I guess and, and you just mentioned there that you're a wicket keeper for for those of us that maybe don't understand the game the, you know the ins and outs of the game can you explain to us a bit about the role of a wicket keeper um so yeah the the wicket keeper is the person that stands behind the batter essentially kind of like a catcher in baseball that um so I basically just stand behind and catch the ball hopefully the batter misses it or edges it or um, they also kind of like obviously c- cricket can take quite a while so it's up to me to keep the energy up on the field and stuff like that and, and how do you do that? Um, just I <laughs> sing the Spice Girls so I sing the Spice Girls I do actually sometimes sing the Spice Girls um, I talk in different accents but I do that in my day to day life as well so I know yeah just anything just do like it could be you know keep the mood going yeah just keep yeah, and keep spirits up yeah um, and speaking of you being a total all rounder um, playing many of various sports um, and apparently when you were in UCD still having time to study uh, do you remember getting the call up for the Irish cricket team do you remember the phone ringing and tell us maybe how it came about I remember being asked to go to Irish training and then like the next week being picked it was really weird I don't actually remember how I was told I feel really bad for not remembering that. But I remember the first time I got asked to go to Irish training. And what was that like? Um, yeah, it was kind of weird. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, I was just, I was really nervous because obviously I 
really really like new to the sport and I was asked to go down because I was a wicket keeper so basically started wicket keeping one summer and only did a part time because I was still playing soccer um, and then so that was the start of the next season and they're like will you come to Irish training and I was like yes and did you get a green jersey in the works at that stage Um, I no, um, no. Do you remember I, the first time you got the kit? No, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. <laughs> it's like a pop quiz. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I feel really bad for not remembering that. Actually, because as someone as one of the few people in the room mm. who uh, has never played for Ireland in <laughs> any sport, you guys were obviously hogging it. Yeah. Um, I I think that that would be like burned into my mind yeah I do remember the first time getting a call for I got a phone call to say I got selected for the Irish under 16s I was 13 and I remember I sprinted across the garden my mum was gardening and I ran to tell her <laughs> was this football <laughs> probably crying as well yeah okay. it was football yeah do you remember the the first another do you remember question <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the first time you you walked out in the green jersey playing cricket um yes yeah did you feel like kind of coming from your experience of soccer where you'd already kind of played at international level did you feel that kind of helped or was it a different kind of nerves yeah do you know what I think it does help actually I feel um like I I think well I hope I can deal with nerves pretty well I I think actually my experience with soccer definitely helped in that um I do find it weird though actually that um with cricket they don't always play the anthem before a game and I was like where's the anthem like that for me that was a really big part of okay. um yeah a big part of it yeah um, but now, now they do it's before we we played Ireland's call before the West Indies now they won't play it for the rest of the series but yeah that's is the preparation the same or is it very different for, s- for soccer versus cricket um, in terms of like for a series or game day, just or in just, terms of game day, um, it's actually fairly similar. Um, not that I would have been involved that recently with the with the international soccer setup, mm-hmm. but yeah, like a, a physio session in the morning, a team meeting, you're stretching if you need specific physio stuff for a bit of rehab. Yeah, it's all fairly similar stuff. Yeah. So we're going to ask you a question that isn't about your early career. So okay. hopefully you'll <laughs> remember. I headed the ball no too much when I was younger. <laughs> in twenty seven. Your team got to the Super Sixes stage at the ICC Women's World Cup qualifiers out in Sri Lanka. Yes. Um, great. Do you remember? I do, yeah. Phew. So uh, tell us a bit about that tournament. Um, that was deadly. Um, yeah. Um, playing cricket in Thailand is pretty unusual. So we were a bit kind of like, oh no, what are the wickets going to be like? Because it wouldn't be a renowned country for cricket. But um, it was one of those series that everything just clicks we had the best team spirit ever we just had an absolute ball the hotel was brilliant food was great all that kind of stuff um we played bangladesh in the final of that and and we beat them so there's a little bit of history between us and bangladesh so we're we'd be quite similar so okay. um like similar in, in terms of level so um i think they're probably one up on us at the minute but that was a, a particularly um tight game and yeah we and what was your expectation going into that series? Was it, um, were you expecting to qualify for the World Cup? Um, or, yeah, was it just beat Bangladesh? Um, so we actually, our, our goal for that was to win it. You only have to make the final to qualify for the World Cup, but we had down that we wanted to win that competition, um, which is, um, that was the second year that it became a 10-team World Cup, so a slightly different qualification process than before. Um, so for us to have a goal of winning, it was probably appropriate, but sometimes wouldn't be always been the mentality that we would have had. So, but and to win, it was brilliant. And after that, um, 
series around 2017, 2016, even some big names uh, stepped away from the international setup, the likes of Claire Sillington, Kieran Metcalf. What was that like for the squad? You said earlier that there was some kind of blooding new players uh, yesterday's game. Was that around, was that kind of the same feeling in the in the dressing room? Or um, how did it go? Yeah, so that's actually, it was after the last World Cup, so... It was only a couple of months ago that they left. So at the time, everybody was kind of like, oh God. And there's such a big part, like Claire's played international cricket for 20 years. The girls are like 16 and 17 years or something like that. She so, holds a pretty big record, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was in the um, Guinness World Book of Records. How do you say that? World Guinness World Book of Records? There? Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> something like that, yeah. yeah. Jesus. <laughs> um, for like the longest ODI career and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's a lot of um, caps and stuff. But actually, I think for a lot of the team, it's probably like a lot of friends. And we tour so much with cricket and we spend so much time. It's it's really their kind of friendship on and off the pitch that, that we were probably kind of most worried about. And obviously their experience. But um, I felt the last few days, because this is our first series without them, that people... We it's more externally that's coming from rather than internally. Um, we haven't really talked about it as a group. Um, ourselves it hasn't really come up. So I think probably from the outside people are are more more thinking about it than we are. We're we obviously miss them around the place, but we're we're focused on our skills and what we have to do. Yeah, there's some really good young players coming through. Was it mm. yesterday? Kim Garth, uh, she had a a, a new record. Um, yeah for yeah. her own her own t20 yeah. highest score yeah so that's that's brilliant for kim like i made my debut the same day as kim i'm only oh you know i'm only 12 years older than her or something but well. she's seriously talented like she's won two big bashes in in australia as a rookie um like she's a seriously talented cricketer she'd be up in the you know top 15 in the world definitely so um it's just for her to kind of believe in herself and, and know that she can fill the boots and more of the girls that have gone so yeah um, but yeah um, and you were saying there about Australia you headed out yourself in 2015 um, yeah, yeah 14 maybe yeah. so what was it like basically heading out the other side of the world to a place where cricket is really popular yeah it was it was great actually um I was kind of I guess I was a little bit apprehensive but I was just 30 at the time so it was kind of like I wasn't 18 you know that way so I yeah. was a bit more kind of confident in my own self as a human I guess it was a bit easier but um yeah I've made some I went I went to Tasmania brilliant place made some some great friends and learned lots lots about cricket which is the most important for me and obviously kind of stemmed there I came back and worked as a um cricket development officer and that's how I got into umpiring and went back again so for me I've been able to kind of um yeah gain experience in both worlds from going back tell us a little bit about um, the move into to umpiring. Um, why did you kind of take that first course? Um, well, uh, the reason I took the very first course was I was helping out with a under 17s team um, and it's a very, very... I know, I know Shauna made the point that it's a country that's really big in cricket, but actually Tasmania is very low um, population. Um, so they had a new under 17s league and literally it would be 10 against 10 or how many ever they could get and the coach would be the umpire and literally teach people as they went around and everybody would get a go at doing everything so it was very very basic so to be the um, coach the coach had to do the umpire course so I did the umpire course because I follow the rules and I mean if by the sounds of it you're a pretty goal-driven person and did you imagine that you could 
you're uh, did you imagine the taking up umpiring um would lead to such a groundbreaking kind of experience in that or were you just kind of winging it like um yeah definitely not um it's funny that you say I'm a goal-driven person I probably like from the outside maybe I am but I I'm not massively goal-driven um in my head I guess um yeah I just talked up because I like it I, I I do things that I like doing I guess and and then the rest follows but um no absolutely not and even the when you said I was the first person in 38 years I literally just I went that was my first year in season in Adelaide and I had emailed people in Tasmania been like I'm going to Adelaide can you set me up with them there for umpiring and they just emailed they were sound enough to do that I landed I think on the Tuesday and umpired on the Saturday I was still a bit jet lagged so and that I just I didn't even know I was doing that so just came out in the paper I was like yes Scarlet. <laughs> and your your career highlights for being an umpire are pretty incredible. Since 2015, your umpiring career progressed at rapid speed. Within four years, you were appointed to the first class panel of umpires in Ireland and you became the first woman to umpire a men's list A match in Ireland and one of the first women to umpire a men's grade match in Australia. And you stood in the under-18s national championships in Australia. Tell us about being the first woman to umpire a men's match in Ireland and Australia. Um... Yeah, it's pretty cool. When you say them out like that, it is pretty cool, to be fair. Um, so the List A game here I did was Bangladesh A against Ireland A. And it's like it's great. It's a great opportunity. And obviously to umpire that level of cricket is brilliant to be out there. It's obviously a bit more pressure. Um, but once you like for me, even if I'm doing an under 10s game, I still try and do the same thing and, you know, hopefully not ruin anybody's day. Um, and then in Australia, they, it was actually myself and my friend Eloise, the two of us did um, a first grade men's game together. So, yeah, that was cool. Like, she's my best mate over there. So we were able to umpire together. We just had a, a pretty good day. But, I mean, Travis Head plays for Australia. He mm. was in that game and stuff like that. So, again, it's... Like you get to umpire brilliant cricketers and that's a great experience. What's it like being a, a female umpire in the, in the in the male game? Um, it's it's an interesting one actually. I can definitely see some guys turn around and they go to curse and then don't. They definitely have a little bit more um, restraint, I think, around around us. Um, but I think it's fine once you're able to like. I think I feel like I can back up my decisions if they ask me. I can answer them and stuff like that and have a bit of credibility, hopefully, because I'm an international as well. But um, yeah, it's the same as being an official in any sport. If you do a bad job, you get a bit of grief. But hopefully, I don't do that too often. I'm re- I'm rereading Anna Caskell's book at the minute, and the section I'm on, she's talking about um, when Jackie Oakley was announced as a women's commentator. Don't worry, this question isn't for you on Jackie Oakley. Don't worry. Excellent. Um, but Jackie Oakley was announced as a women's commentator on the men's match, and there were loads of um, there was yeah a lot of media noise about whether or not her voice was the right pitch because. You know, she's a woman. Uh, does she even understand the game? Has she ever played? Uh, just some real, like, low-level sexist stuff. Mm. Um, but and that because, was... Because pitch is really important <laughs> to sport. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> she... And that was in 20, like, 16. But do you... Like, are you aware of stuff like that? Like, the media noise around, you know, Mary Waldron, the first woman to do whatever it is. Does that kind of impact you or do you just think it's cool or like... Um, to be honest, it doesn't impact me. And it's weird. Um, it's weird being... A fee- I'm saying female at Mullumpire. But actually, I, get, I don't get treated any differently by, um, by say, Cricket Leinster, who I work for here, or Cricket Australia. Like, it's kind of just they say umpire and stuff like that. And I... I don't get treated differently but 
I definitely feel that sometimes as a player, I feel like there is that separation. But actually with umpiring, it's been really good. Um, and what, if guys say stuff about me off the pitch, I I never hear about it. I have to say it's it's a unique um, position that I feel in. I would I do. Um, I do get a little bit embarrassed, I guess, when it's like first this, first that, and I'm just like, okay, nah, I don't need this. That's fine. I'm just doing my job. Um, but I know lots of people, lots of other officials and um, other players who do first things are like, can't wait for that time when it's just an official or a player rather mm. than a female or a women's player. But um, I guess someone has to be the first to do it. So might as well be. Yeah. Well. And what is the you were talking about the difference? But you notice it as a player the difference between the men's and the women's. Like what is um, just the just the different. Um, like I'm, I don't want to say anything bad about it, you know the sports governing bodies or anything like that. But you know just in terms of how how male players are looked after compared to female players say just I don't know physio or support or food around a game and stuff like that so I'm sure it's happened you've come across many other sports um, people on here who You're get treated yes or like uh, actually one I'm I don't even particularly follow Gail or anything but Rena Buckley never playing in Parker Creeve is something I can't <laughs> kind of understand at all just stuff but stuff like that mm. um I see as a player more but as an official I've, I've not experienced that at all How close are we in Ireland to seeing women kind of routinely umpire senior Irish men and women internationals? Um, are you asking me when I'm retiring? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest um, it's actually a weird it's a it's a it's a huge thing across um, and even in Australia there's always a recruitment drive for, for women um, and female officials as well as male officials um, so to be honest I don't know I have to find some other other people who are interested in officiating Are cricket. there more females getting involved in Ireland in umpiring? Um, there is I'm gonna say yes. Um, there's a there's a girl from the north called Laura Kai. She's on the one of the panels now for umpiring, but she has been umpiring mm-hmm. a few years. Um, and there's another woman. She hasn't umpired a game yet, but she did her um did her level one this year. So yeah, yeah. So maybe hopefully maybe. there's it's definitely growing in Australia. Obviously, they've got more people participating yeah. and just more people interested in cricket and are aware of it. So I think it will grow. Um, I think you're a good ambassador. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you. What is your long term plan with umpiring? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mary's rolling her eyes here, looking really stressed out. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, so you're like taking a step back. You've just been awarded a semi pro contract. Like you're umpiring. What is the? I mean, yeah. Like, what is the goal? <laughs> what is the goal? <laughs> with the umpiring. Well, that is a great question. I feel like I need to write down some actual goals here. Um, and a timeline for those because I do want to do th- stuff like I want to umpire in a test match and an umpire in like World Cup finals and stuff but I do because I'm still playing that still comes first so I would get probably a bit more opportunities to higher games and just more more games um, but playing just does come first at the minute um, I feel like I still have, can learn a little bit more um, and get a bit better at cricket so um but yeah, I guess over it's a great um, step for me being on that ICC panel. It means I'm in the pathway now. I got access to um, access to online information and stuff like that, and um, coaching support. So I'm in that system now. So hopefully, in maybe the next five to ten years, I can get onto the next panel. You can come back and tell us what your five year plan is at that stage. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> How do you balance playing and umpiring? 
Um, I just, I literally get my playing dates first and I put them in the diary and then I fill out my umpiring and I just go from that. It is, I have a level of what's, um, what comes first. So if I feel mm-hmm. like it's obviously international cricket, super threes, um, club cricket is also really important. But if it's, if I have a chance to do an international game, I would probably miss my club cricket, but I wouldn't miss super threes or, yeah. or a, um, international game for umpiring. Do you feel like you know when you're out there and you're umpiring that like you kind of have a bit of an advantage in terms of education like you have kind of access to to you know you're in the middle of a game especially with like the professionals or you know internationals like does that kind of you know benefit you in any way or you know do you feel like you're just out there umpiring you not really be taking notes or um, no, sometimes I do notice, I have to say, and I, I understand what you're saying, um, but I do, I, I actually watch some batters and see what they're doing and stuff like that, and they they might take a different guard or something, that's mm. probably going to make no sense to anybody who doesn't watch cricket, um, but yeah, I would pick up stuff, and I actually, in my head, would also be thinking about the field that they're setting and stuff to bowlers and where they're looking to score. Um, as an umpire, I'd have to count the fielders anyway, so that's something naturally I'd do, um, but yeah, I guess... It wouldn't be a huge advantage, but I would pick up some stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Bring bring the secrets back to camp, back to yeah. Irish camp. Um, so the dust has settled slightly after Cricket Ireland announced the the six central contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about how you feel having been selected for for one of those six contracts. Um, yeah, it was great actually. Um, I my part time job is part of the Players Association, so I was involved in. So it kind wasn't of, a spoiler to you. Yeah, um, well, it was only a couple of days that I found out it was myself, but I was, it was kind of, I was nearly numb to it at that stage. I was so in the middle of it. Um, but yeah, it was great. Um, it's an honor, obviously, you know, and just like something I can't. We're only a couple of weeks into it now, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is my real life. Like I go to train and play cricket every day. It's it's brilliant. Um, but. Yeah, well, like I said, I was going to say it's a surprise. For us to get six contracts was great. I thought they might have only done two or three, but um, yeah, yeah. Like it's a privilege, really, really. And does that affect the um, like your your clubs? Kind of what like trickle down effect will that have on clubs and things like the Super Three series? Um, I think well, the Super Three series is like it's the equivalent of an interpro. So obviously, the more training we have, the better we get, the fitter we get, the more information we can pass on to others, all that kind of stuff. So that w- should naturally get better. Um, with club cricket, it's an interesting one. Obviously, we um will filter down into that as well. The only thing is, we're more likely to probably miss training just as a rest day because we have club training on a, on a Monday night and we also need to rest. So, um, I mean, we could I like say last week I went in and helped out coaching. So potentially that's a, a benefit for the for the club system. But there's something that will only time will tell on that. Can you give us a bit of an idea of what the contracts mean in terms of training, pay, other resources and support? Um, yeah, so we're based in the Sports Institute, which is absolutely fantastic. It's like everybody should just go and walk around out there. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so mornings, like because we've gone into a series, we've had a couple of different days, but basically we could go in and do a gym session and then maybe have some do a team meeting of video. So we had the West Indies coming up. So we just did a bit of video work on them and um, have a bit of lunch, then go outdoors and do skills for maybe two hours and then if we have an evening team session then we'd have a few hours off and then do our team session again which would include more fielding and and probably a net session um 
and the support services obviously um, Cricket Ireland didn't just go yeah here's six contracts they made sure we have um, physio support obviously there's lots of stuff available to us in the institute um, like nutrition wise and all that kind of stuff with any questions um, pay is good mm. it's above minimum wage <laughs> I know it is it is I have to say for I know as I said I was involved in the negotiation um, obviously they, are, they weren't going to you know mm-hmm. move higher for me if I asked or anything like that but it was a very it was fairly it was very fair and and they have committed to growing on them as well so that was a um a sport Ireland grant and, and I think that was on the back of the women's hockey doing so well as well so thank you girls you, you just mentioned there um about physio support I know mm-hmm. yesterday Laura Delaney yeah got a, a bad injury to her ankle yeah what are what are we looking at she has fractured her ankle. I think it's her ankle anyway, but it looked that's I was looking directly at it. It looked so sore. Um, yeah, she's been really unlucky over the last two years yeah. with with injuries. So at least a fracture, you kind of yeah. stick it in a boot and four weeks, she should be fine. It's obviously really disappointing for yeah. her and for us. Like we are like we are really good friends, all all the team. So we're all, we're absolutely good at her. But, you know, sometimes the mm. world says you need to take a rest. So, yeah. And with the kind of new contracts and uh, support system in place, do you think, you know, that's going to benefit the rehab and recovery that Lauren Yeah, has? absolutely. Yeah, that'll be be massive now. The only thing is I'm thinking of how she's going to get to the Institute with her driving boot, but I'm sure I can go pick her up. But obviously access to, we, we have a full-time physio with Cricket Ireland and if he's not there, we can, we can access the physios in the Institute. Obviously not us whenever we need them like five minutes you know we have to book in etc but that'll be great that she can get rehab done obviously with the gym there as well and we have a full-time snc that works with us as well so he can be she can do him bike rehab or whatever um, and it's just that being able to give that time rather than having to go to an office for eight hours mm-hmm. um, and go to the physio either before work or after work um, i'm sure we've all been through it and it's, it's a nightmare even trying to get a physio appointment so um yeah that'll be brilliant but with having that access you've talked a little bit about the um the resources available to you in the institute and we had sharon madigan sharon madigan on recently um to talk to us about the effects of menstruation on performance um and obviously one of the best known examples of a team harnessing the superpower that is um periods uh are the england women's hockey team who um use that to their great advantage uh, when they were qualifying for rio so is that something you guys look after with uh i suppose a uh, management or coaching structure or do you guys just kind of use the fitter woman app for that um well actually i'm not 100 sure what our, our actual protocol for this is um but we have an ams um uh, athlete management system that we fill out so we fill out our wellness every day and stuff like that and, and rob our snc gets that information so i assume we just feed it directly into him he's okay, a big boy that he can deal with that <laughs> the p yeah. word yeah yeah um, i know he is very he, he very he is great you can go to him with that thing we've we've yeah. committed to asking every female athlete about yeah. it now, so yeah that's okay um, and actually yeah. sorry just going back to sharon she is the best she a is legend. just a legend yeah yeah she's we, the only we are, person who's been on for a game twice yeah. and I, yeah. like she could come back every week i know she made me feel so comfortable yeah. eating five guys i was <laughs> delighted with myself no, we all yeah. love her yeah she is so sorry i saw her in the institute the other day um and actually the Boyne Boyne Valley had started to do the um, fueling Irish sport um, so we actually missed it because we had training for the series so she kept us a couple of bags so yeah it's like thanks Sharon yeah, I, I even so benefited nice. from that Mary left me yeah. four <laughs> tubs of jelly 
a tub of curry sauce, a bag of pasta. Yeah, I didn't eat the curry sauce, Sharon. I <laughs> know <laughs> she listens in. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Cricket Ireland's mm. performance director, Richard Holdsworth, said these contracts put in place the foundation blocks that will help us as a cricket nation to achieve our goal. Can you tell us what is that goal? Um, well, I'm assuming Richard means um, qualification for the um, 2021 championship. So... Currently, there is a championship, but it only consists of eight teams and we're ranked 10th. So we lie outside of that. Um, and that um, is kind of basically like the qualification process for the 50 over World Cup. So once the next 50 over World Cup happens, we will then hopefully go into that once we stay ranked 10th. So that's that's actually it's a really important. I think the World Cup's 2021. So yeah, it's a really important few years for us to, to keep that ranking. And I know that the contract announcement was just made but but I do have to ask is there any plan to increase that number of six um yes and actually in our in the press conference on the day they were announced Richard did commit to um to up in them and hoping hopefully getting more in the squad I think that we're in a good position just obviously for for where we are at the minute that we've a lot of students so actually if we can combine combine students with a little with a part-time contract as well as having those full-time contracts um, that'll go a long way for us we so you've just said the objective is to to qualify for the ICC women's championship in 2021 um but before that there are some really important fixtures um now you started yesterday against the West Indies but what's next um, so, yep, yeah, we have two more games against the West Indies. Then the start of July, we've got three ODIs against Zimbabwe and then three T20s against Zimbabwe. Um, ODI means 50 overs and, yeah, T20 means 20 overs. You should um, have tested us. Um, and then we have a quadrangular series in, at the start of August in the Netherlands. Um, so that's that'll be T20. So that'll be direct preparation for the World Cup qualifiers then start the 31st of August in, to the 7th of September. It's going to be a busy summer for you and for the likes of us here at Fair Game and people listening, how can we get behind you? Um, well, there will be... Lots of we we have a great guy in cricket Ireland called Craig who does our social media. So he's really, really good, and I know he he makes sure he gets the the women's across. Otherwise, you know, we get a message from me. Um, so it'll be on cricket Ireland Twitter and Instagram. And I loved yesterday that that they live streamed the game. Yeah, it's great, and actually, um, they've committed to doing all the all the home series live streamed and some of the super threes if they can. I know they're looking into a way to do it, um, but that's something that's that's um, really big for them. So that's great. And I know also our fixtures are on the 20 by 20 calendar, which I'm very happy about. We are planning, so this episode will go out before Friday, but we're planning the um, a look forward to the Summer of Women's Sports uh, on Friday. It's our live show. Um, yeah. Ticks and bio hashtag. Uh, but that calendar is mm-hmm. a game changer. Mm. Like yeah. looking at what we're going to talk about, I'm like, I don't have to. Yeah, do all the research. I don't yourself. have to do all the groundwork. I can <laughs> just go on the calendar yeah. and figure it out. It's amazing. Mary, listen, thank you so much for your time. It has been an absolute pleasure and the best of luck with everything. We'll be following the team in your quest for 2021. Uh, tell us where we can follow you on social media. Oh, me? Um, I I can't say it out loud. I'd be too embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It depends how you say it. It's Mary. Olo, or you could say Mariolo, eighty one. That's my Instagram and Twitter. Nice. My friend made that up for me on my thirtieth birthday. Oh, Mariolo. Yolo. Mary's just giving us the peace sign. Uh, peace and pout. 
Yes, and actually I didn't know that I could pout until we did the launch for the contracts and I, my serious face is actually a pout. It's really good. Yeah. She's just given us a little rendition there. Yeah, nice. you're welcome. Uh, listen, Mary, thank you again for your time. Uh, and if you're listening, go on Twitter and Instagram and follow Mary Olo. Anyone? Uh, and while you're on Twitter and Instagram, follow us too. We're at Fair Game Cast. Uh, we didn't let our friends make that up for us. We made that up ourselves. Thanks. Wise decision. Uh, there's so much live action involving our sp- sports women to look forward to in the coming months. That's where we'll provide you with all the necessary information to keep you in the loop and hopefully get you out onto the sidelines too. Finally, a reminder to subscribe to the podcast and whatever app you're listening to us on, be it iTunes, Android, Stitcher, or Spotify. That way, you'll get the next one delivered directly to you. That's all for this episode. We'll catch you again in a week. <laughs> <laughs>